0: Welcome to Awaken to Grace. Today we continue our study on the family of God as we study the one another scriptures of the Bible. We've seen how we should serve one another. Well, today we're going to see how we should be kind to one another. And you know, if I asked you to describe kindness, most people would use words like nice, polite, perhaps courteous. But did you know the Bible word for kindness is much deeper and much more meaningful than the way we use the word kindness in our english language so today we're going to take our bibles we're going to be in ephesians chapter 4 verse 32 and i'm going to show you the biblical meaning of the word kindness and how the holy spirit produces it in our life i hope you enjoy today's episode of awakened to grace Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Everyone in a good mood today? All right, I'll take that. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad. Ephesians chapter 4, let's look at verse number 32. Let me tell you why you're turning there. Boy, I was blessed this week. Um, uh, Last week, I got an email from a brother in Canada. Who found us through the One Place platform? If you've never checked out One Place, we are on the One Place app and website as well. And he found us through his Alexa device through One Place and wrote us a wonderful email. And this brother is completely blind as well. And uh, this sermon just really touched his heart. We were teaching on the spiritual gifts and. He sent us in a wonderful email, and I had the opportunity to call him this week. And we just were able to encourage one another and uh, share with one another what God's doing in our lives. And just what a blessing. What a blessing. Uh, I'm just so thankful. God's God's just doing, if I just had a lot of time to share with you all of the individual things, large things, small things, uh, everyday things that God is doing right now, You would see that God is really active. Amen. And I hope He's active in your life. If He's not, He desires to be. I think all it takes is an invitation to say, God, will you become more active in me? And that's what we're going to talk about today in Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to learn what it means to glorify God, just like last Sunday we were in 1 Peter 4, verses 10 and 11. As each has received a gift, use it by serving one another. And what was the conclusion to last week? The reason, the premise, the, 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 the conclusion to Peter saying, serve one another, was the end of verse 11. In order that in everything, God may be glorified. And just like it glorifies God... When we serve one another, today we're going to see how it glorifies God when we're kind to one another. So let's read it together. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. Or some scriptures say, as God for Christ's sake hath Forgiven you, amen. What a wonderful scripture. The command is be kind to one another. The command is be tender hearted toward one another. Forgive one another. Now let me ask you a question. Are you a kind person? Do you consider yourself to be a kind individual? Are you polite? Are you courteous? Are you nice? Well, what I want to show you today and what I want to show using Scripture today is that the biblical idea of kindness is not what is in our Western culture or our English language as kindness. Certainly it's a part of it. But what the Bible is getting, uh, what the Bible is conveying today, what it's wanting to say to us today is a far deeper idea than just being polite. So today, if you're not a polite person, you can kind of go, oh, okay. No, you should be polite, right? But but what I want to do... is not stay above the surface on this kindness idea. Because if you're like me and you grew up like me, when I think of kindness, this is kind of weird, but when I think of kindness, my mind immediately goes back to renting a VHS tape. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Oh, you know, right? And the sticker says, Be kind and rewind. I told my kids the other day, I said, you guys will never know the joy of going to a video rental store and you get the last copy that they have. You'll never know that joy. <laughs> now they just stream everything, right? This is far deeper than being a courteous individual. It's far deeper than just being nice, or being polite, what is biblical kindness? What I want to do is define it today, <clears throat> and then I want to explore where it comes from, and then I want us to apply it deeply to our lives. What is biblical kindness? Let's draw the distinction. Biblical kindness, this word kindness in the Greek, it literally means Think about this usefulness. Now, that's not the way we would define kindness in our English language, is it? We would not define kindness as useful. We would define kindness as perhaps an expression, but Biblically, if you want to be a kind individual, if you're going to be a kind believer, I think what the thought is here, what the biblical idea is here, is that you then become a weapon in the hands of God. You become useful to the glory of God. God is able to use your life. God is able to use your marriage. God is able to use you in your employment. God is able to use you in your interaction with believers and unbelievers alike. God is able to use your life because of kindness. And I'm, I'm going to show you just how deep and how powerful this thought really is when you get the biblical idea, the biblical concept of what kindness truly means. Now, if you're like me, when I think of kindness, I think of major things. I think of great, big acts of kindness. I think of people serving homeless shelters and people serving uh, fostering communities. And I think of people doing overseas uh, food, uh, things like I think of the major things that so many people do. But Let's don't overlook this. If the word kindness means usefulness and Scripture commands us, be kind to one another, what does that look like in everyday life? Well, let's explore this out. Could it be that for us to fulfill this Scripture, could that be that it's as simple as sharing our lunch with a coworker? Could it be as simple as clearing the windshield for your spouse without them asking you to? Could it be as simple as picking up after yourself so someone else doesn't have to? Could it be as simple as emptying out the dishwasher or loading the dishwasher? Don't miss, don't miss... Small opportunities that go a long way. So many of you remember the random acts of kindness cards that Pastor Phil launched. Do you remember those? Do you still have some of those? I hope you do. Many of you know Laron. Most everybody knows Laron because he's so loud. (laughs) Is he in here? Oh, I'll talk about him if he's not in here. Many of you don't know, so Laron comes to the church every Sunday morning at 6:30 a.m. to turn on our extra heat for the church. He serves in some big capacities like that. And Laron's serving a lot, and uh, by the way, by the way, they're coming in to install gas heat this coming week. Amen. It'll be about a two-week process, but they're putting in gas heat for us. Praise God for that. Hallelujah. Amen. You say amen. The 9 a.m. said hallelujah because <laughs> it's cold at 9 a.m. They <laughs> they were thankful. Um, but uh, Laurent told me the other day he... Uh, now, again, random acts of kindness don't have to be major. It's just random things. And uh, he went to McDonald's and uh, used his card, that, his random acts of kindness. Or uh, paid for the person behind him? Just simple, right? He thought to himself, "Uh, I just wonder if other people will do that too. And he went and parked and went inside and asked the the counter there. Said, you know, uh, I wanted to help the person behind me. I just wondered, are, are other people doing it? They said, yeah, it's happening right now. He stood there, 15 cars consecutive amen isn't that great it's random acts of kindness biblically what is it it means to be used by God it means to be useful far deeper than just being polite To be used by God. And here's the command. Be kind to one another. But then it goes a step further. And this is why I want to draw a very clear line between our Western way of thinking of be kind as in nice. And the biblical way of being kind as in used by God. Because notice what it says next. Being tender hearted. Are you a tender hearted individual? Because let me tell you what it looks like biblically. The Bible says that God has taken out our heart of stone, that hard-heartedness. God has taken out the heart of stone, and he's put in a heart of flesh. In other words, he put in a tender and a soft heart. He replaced what was stone hard, and he put in what is soft and tender. And the scriptural command is when it comes to one another, we are to be tender Hearted? Do you feel that for one another? Do you feel that for the lost? Do you feel that for the downtrodden? Do you feel that for the less, who have less than you, who struggle? Do you feel tender-hearted toward people? So let's, let's look at this. Where does this kind of kindness come from? Now, the courtesy type of kindness, maybe that came from your mom or your dad. Maybe the niceness came from your grandparents or the home structure you grew up in, whatever. But where does this biblical I mean this radical compassion, this incredibly tender-hearted compassion? Where does that come from? Well, the Bible is very clear. Galatians chapter five, verse 22. In Galatians 5, 22, and 23, the Bible introduces us to this idea called the fruits of the Spirit. These are the fruits that the Holy Spirit should be actively producing in your life. They ought to be active. They ought to be ongoing. There are nine fruits of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and the list goes on. Kindness is one of the fruits that the Holy Spirit should be actively producing in us. In other words, this is what I want to show you. If you go deeper than courtesy and politeness and niceness, and you go deeper into this biblical concept that God is making you, producing in you a kind-hearted, tender-hearted individual, it is a work of God and God alone. It is a work of grace. It is a supernatural, God ordained work. And my question today is very simple Are the fruits of kindness produced in your life? Or are you inward? Are you looking at yourself? Are you all about you? All about your needs? All about your comfort? All about your lifestyle? all about your bubble or are you looking toward the needs of others see you look at our world right now and if there has ever been opportunity for kindness it's all around us am i right or wrong just get on social media how many people are mad and angry and divisive go to walmart go to target go to sam's How many people are just angry today, right? And what opportunities to be kind toward one another. Political views have never been sharper and more contrast than what they are now. But what opportunity to be kind toward one another. Racial divisions and Flames of racism are so strong in our country right now. But what opportunities to be kind toward one another. Fear and anxiety are at peak levels as people are shut in and people are fearful. And the pandemic has gripped our society. What opportunities to be kind toward one another. Friends, there have never been more opportunity than right now, at this time, in this hour, for the people of God to excel in kindness. My question is is it even on our radar? So, when you're shopping at Aldi, or you're going to Food City, or you're at Sam's Club, or wherever you go, is kindness on your radar? when you're interacting with those customers or those clients at work, is kindness on your radar? When you're talking to your neighbors, is kindness on your radar? Because if you want to be used by God, kindness is a surefire way for God to use you. Can we say amen to that? Be kind to one another. Tenderhearted. So where does this come from? It comes from the Holy Spirit producing such fruit in our life. In other words, someone treat you wrong, can you be kind to them in your own flesh? Probably not. Someone gossip on you at work. Somebody try to get you fired. Somebody try to make themselves look good. Can you be kind to them in your own strength? Friends, this isn't a matter of willpower. This is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. And if you try to be kind within yourself, yes, you may, you may show some politeness, you may show some niceness, you may, you know, you may do it through clenched teeth or whatever. That's, that's missing the point. The bible point the biblical point is how is the fruit of the holy spirit how is kindness being produced in your life and as you well know god will give many opportunities for that fruit to come amen (laughs) now here is the deeper part of the verse this is what i really want us to take home today Scripture says, be kind to one another, tender-hearted. Where does that come from? It comes directly from the Holy Spirit, Galatians 5.22. It's not a work of our flesh. It's not a matter of our will or our willpower. It's not looking on the sunny side. It's not glass half full. Because I don't know how you are, but some days the glass is half full. And sometimes, some days I roll out of bed and my glass is half empty. Anybody else like that? If you're not, I don't want to be in your small group because you'll get on my nerves. (laughs) Sometimes I like my glass half empty, people. (laughs) It's not a matter of our emotions. It's a matter of the Holy Spirit producing fruit in our lives. Is He actively doing that in yours? Now... What is the purpose of all of this? When I say that God will use you, God wants to use the kindness that he places in you. What's the ultimate purpose? Just like last week, the ultimate purpose of using the gifts that you've received by serving one another, the ultimate purpose was that God will be glorified. Well, what is the ultimate purpose of kindness? Forgiving one another. Just as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Look with me, go with me quickly to Romans chapter 2, verse 4. Romans chapter 2, verse number 4. This is, to me, this is so powerful. Notice what scripture says. Should we presume on the right, on the, on the uh, um Goodness of God, or on the help me out, what's it? What's that first line? Or do, you show contempt? For the, or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness? And then look at the last phrase of verse 4 for it is the kindness of God. Now, let's pause right there. Who produces biblical kindness in our life? The Holy Spirit. I'm not talking, again, I'm not talking about niceness. I'm talking about a work. I'm talking about a fruit. I'm talking about a grace. I'm talking about a supernatural gift of God. This is exactly what Scripture means when it says, because you are born again, you take on the nature of God. You want to see me hang out with my kids for just a little bit. They're just like me. They're just like Sadie. They have our nature. Piper is just like me. The good, the bad, the ugly. She's the most like me. And John Mark's just like me. Emmy and Hudson's more like Sadie. Why are, they just, why are your children like you? Because they have your nature. When we're born again, we have the nature of God. And what is the nature of God? Kindness. And what does God produce in his children? What is the father doing in his children? He wants to shape. He wants to mold. He wants to deposit. He wants you to live out kindness. Because that's who God is. And watch this, it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. What a remarkable verse. You want to know how to pray for your lost loved ones? You want to know how to intercede and plead for God to save your lost loved ones? You pray Romans 2, 4. Oh God, would you let your kindness lead them to repentance? Now that's a powerful verse to pray. The kindness of God leads us to repentance. So the next time someone asks you, how did you get saved? Don't say, well, I prayed this prayer. Don't say, well, I was at church or I was at vacation Bible school or I was in Sunday school or I was with my parents or I was young or I was old or I was... No, don't say where you were or what you did. The next time someone asks you, how did you get saved? You smile and quote Romans 2, 4. The kindness of God led me to repentance. And that's biblically how I got saved. Amen? Amen? And it's what will save your loved ones. It's what will save your children and your grandchildren or your spouse. It's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. Now, I want to draw a biblical link between Romans 2.4 and uh, Ephesians 4.32. Now, what has happened? Because the kindness of God led us to repentance, led us into forgiveness. Now, Galatians 5.22, when the Holy Spirit produces kindness in my life, what's going to be the result? Ephesians 4.32 as I'm kind to one another, as I'm tender-hearted to one another, then what's going to be the overflow? What's going to be the result? I'm going to be forgiving toward others? Because the same kindness that God led me to repentance is the same kindness the Holy Spirit's producing in me to forgive those who wrong me. Amen. I don't know who's hurt you. I don't know who's wronged you. I don't know who walked out on you or who violated you or who stole your innocence. But the word of God says we can forgive one another. Young man came to me a while back and he's in his late 20s. I had eyesight at that time, and he came and said, Chad, I'm getting more serious about following Jesus, and he said, if I'm going to really follow Jesus, he said, do I have to forgive my father? And he shared some things with me that his father had done, and he was a... And I said, brother, the Bible demands forgiveness. It doesn't suggest it. It doesn't ask you to consider it. It doesn't put conditions on it. Forgive unless this happened. Forgive unless this was the case. The Bible puts no conditions. The Bible simply demands. You must forgive. And I said, brother, as hard as it is, You can honor your father and mother. That doesn't mean that you agree. That doesn't mean you appreciate. That really don't even mean that you accept what they did to you. What it means is that you look past them. And you look to the Lord. And you say in faith I'm going to obey your word. And I said brother. You have to forgive him. I can't remember now if it was a week or two weeks went by and. The brother came back, we met back in the counseling office, and he was grinning from ear to ear, and he said, Chad, I forgave my dad. I said, praise God. I said, how did he receive it? And to my complete surprise, this brother explained to me his dad died several years earlier. This young man went to the graveside of his father, and he forgave him. At his grave, I thought about him this morning when they were singing that song, Whole Heart. And that line in that song that said, look where my chains are now. You know what Ephesians 4.32 will do for you? See, that person that you don't think you can forgive. That person that hurt you so deeply that you don't think they deserve to be forgiven. Let me tell you, they're not the ones bound up. They're not the ones with chains wrapped around them. You are. And let me tell you what Ephesians 4.32 is. It is a massive, Holy Ghost-filled bolt cutter that will cut the chains off of you today. Amen. If you'll allow it. If you'll let God do His supernatural work within you. And don't ask yourself the wrong question. See, we ask ourselves the wrong question. We'll say things like, well, but do they deserve to be forgiven? Friends, that's the wrong question. That's the wrong question. Well, will it change anything if I forgive them? That's the wrong question. Here's the right question. What has God commanded me to do? What must I do to follow Jesus? What does God expect? What does He require? What does He ask for? And friends, I'm telling you right now, and I'm telling you by the authority of God's Word, I'm telling you in the power of the Holy Spirit, you have not been able to forgive whoever it is all of these years because you've tried to do it in your own strength. And you can't. That's why it is a work of God. That's why it is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. You cannot do it apart from the grace of God. But what would happen if you invited the grace of God in? What it would happen if you said, God, I need your grace to do this. And by faith and in obedience to the word of God, for the will of God, I choose to forgive. I'm telling you, Ephesians 4.32 will bolt cut the chains off of your past. I promise you it will. So who do you need to forgive today? What does Scripture say? Be kind to one another. What's that mean? It means that God does a supernatural work in our lives. It means that the Holy Spirit is active in our heart. It means that God is doing things in us that we cannot do in our own flesh, in our own humanness. If that's a word. Is humanness a word? Harold, is it a word? Humanity. Humanity. That's better, right? What we can't do in our own humanity. There we go. It's amazing I speak for a living. It's, it shocks me sometimes. <laughs> what does God want to do in you now? That maybe because of lack of knowledge. Maybe because you've never seen these scriptures. Maybe because you've never grown spiritually the way you're growing right now. That God couldn't have done a few years ago. Let God work in you because what God wants to produce in you is far greater than anything you'll ever be able to do on your own. And I know you've been hurt. Listen, since 2017 I've done over 550 counseling sessions. I hear tragic things all the time. I hear Terrible things. Awful things. And I'm not saying that it justifies it. And I'm not saying that you just simply accept it. What I am saying is that you take the mirror of God's word and you ask yourself, did I deserve the grace of God? Friends, the answer is no. So when you ask, does this person deserve the grace of God? Hmm. God will help you do things you never dreamed you could do. And let me tell you again, and you've heard this, but I'm just going to reiterate it here. Bitterness and unforgiveness is like drinking poison... Hoping it kills the other person. It's the same logic as drinking poison, hoping it kills them or hurts them. No, it only hurts you. And that's why God's remedy, that's why God's provision is kindness. Because the same kindness that was in the heart of God that led you to repentance is the exact same kindness that's the fruit of the Holy Spirit that's working in your heart right now. And it's the exact same kind of kindness that leads you to forgive those who have most wronged you. So what do you need to let go of today? What do you need to put behind you today? What do you need to actively forgive today That when you come in here next week, you can really say, look where my chains are now. They've fallen in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Let's bow our heads today. I don't know what God desires to do in your heart right now, but I believe the Holy Spirit is showing you. Why don't you be quick to hear and quick to obey the Holy Spirit. If there is any bitterness, see, we, we didn't read the verse above, verse 31, Ephesians four thirty-one. Paul says, take all bitterness, take all wrath, rage, and all forms of malice. Get these things out of your life. preached a series of messages a while back called emotions that destroy and we preached out of those verses about anger and rage let go of those things and replace it with tenderness replace it with kindness You know, some years ago, when we moved into this building, we didn't have anything. And I was a young man in my early 20s, and I didn't have any money and didn't have anything. And I went to uh, Dalton, Georgia, and I bought the cheapest carpet that they made to put in this building. The cheapest. They would show me a carpet and tell me the price, and I'd say, nope. What you got cheaper than that? It didn't have anything. Did it solely by faith. But you know what happened after several years? That carpet began to wear out. It was stained and it was ugly. Oh, it was the worst carpet. I still just shudder thinking about it. It was so ugly, so stained. And, you know, somebody would spill a cup of coffee and it was so cheap you couldn't even get the stain out. That's how cheap of carpet it was. It was the ugliest carpet you'll ever see. And finally, when the Lord gave us the opportunity to replace it, we ripped it all out. I'd never been so happier than the day that we ripped out all that old nasty carpet. But you know what we had to do? We had to replace it. We had to, we couldn't just rip out the old, right? We had to put the new down. And and see, that's where some of you are stuck. My brother, my sister. Some of you go, well, I can't can't let go of the bitterness, or I can't let go of the hurt. I can't let go of what happened. But see, brother, sister, this is where you're stuck. You don't just let go of it, you replace it. (laughs) You put something in its place. And what the Bible says is let go of bitterness and let go of rage and let go of anger and wrath and malice, but you're going to replace it with kindness. You're going to replace it with tenderness. You're going to replace it with forgiveness. And I'm telling you, God will renew you. You know that word renew in Colossians is where we get our English word, renovate. God wants to renovate you today. But see, here's the thing. When we bought this beautiful carpet, we didn't put it down over the old stuff, did we? It had to be ripped out. And God's not going to renovate you and let kindness come and let forgiveness come and tenderness come. And you still have bitterness And you still hold on to rat. No. God has to rip it out. Will you let God do the process of ripping it out of your life? Oh, it'll hurt. Absolutely. It won't be easy. It'd be tough. But friend, what God wants to replace is so much more beautiful. Beautiful. So much healthier. Oh, you'll be such a, so much of a healthier person and Christ follower. So today, all over the building, today those watching online or listening online, whoever it is that you need to forgive, I want you to pray right now. And I want you to say, God, grant me the grace to forgive them. See, realize it's not of your own doing. Realize that it's not of your own willpower. It's not of your own flesh. God, grant me the grace and now put your faith in action and say in Jesus' name, I forgive that person, whoever it is. Don't matter how many decades ago or how recent, I forgive them in Jesus' name. The same grace that you forgave me with God I extend to them and I let go I let go of it and I trade it in for kindness for tenderness for forgiveness so God help your people today take these jars of clay take these vessels that's been broken and damaged and hurt mishandled and put us back on the potter's will and shape us oh God mold us oh God you are the potter and we are the clay do your great work within us the work that we don't have the ability to do of our own selves the work that we cannot do in our humanity, the work we cannot do in our own strength or by our own will or might. But let your Spirit, O God, do your work. Let your Spirit produce in us the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And make us the family of God that glorifies the Son of God, that honors Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So right now, Lord, with this newfound freedom, with this newfound forgiveness, we worship you, Lord Jesus, right now. We worship you with it. We worship you with it. Cut the chains. Cut the chains in Jesus' name and we worship you. We worship you, Son of God. We worship you. We worship you. In the mighty and the powerful and the beautiful name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen.